You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I want to talk a little bit about cigarette smoking and the fact that for years, even when I was growing up, uh, definitely when I was a child, uh, it was very, very common. My father, Olga Sholem, smoked until uh, the evidence became incontrovertible. I think it was, I think in 1969, I guess, he decided, whenever it was this, they put that they used to put it on the Surgeon General's pack. I don't know what year that was. Maybe it was right before that. He stopped. But my father, Olga Sholem, smoked from the time he was about 11 or 12 years old um, till he was in his, uh, you know, in his mid fifties. So he was almost, I guess he was close to 60 years old when he stopped. So he had been smoking for close to 45 to 50 years. And then he stopped smoking. He, he never got lung cancer, Baruch Hashem. But once he decided to stop smoking, he, he stopped. And I remember like yesterday, the cigarettes that he smoked, uh, his favorite brand was Lucky Strike. I don't know if you remember that cigarette, Richard. You might remember that brand. Yeah, I remember that. Lucky Strike, that's what he liked. Sometimes he couldn't get Lucky Strike, um, but he liked Lucky Strike. Sometimes a Marlboro. I remember, you know, but it's mostly Lucky Strike is what he used to. Maybe that was one of the more inexpensive brands, but he felt it was a, felt it was a strong cigarette. Anyway, then he decided he wasn't smoking and he stopped. I have to say, it did have a health effect on him. He became fat. He well, not fat, but uh, he definitely was not as thin as he was. He used to, he was real thin when he was smoking, and uh, many people will tell you that smoking uh, curbs the appetite. However, there's so many other negative things uh, that go along with smoking. Now, for years, many rabbonim smoked, and the yeshivas they smoked, and eventually the tide was turned away. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit about that. But here are some things from Rav Chaim's father, Rav Chaim Kanievsky's father, known as Rav Yaakov Yisrael Kanievsky, the stipler. So, the stipler's father was a smoker. The stipler was a smoker. And he was a smoker for the same reason my father was. Now, even though he didn't give up smoking, as you can see here, from what we're learning, which is the same reason my father smoked. That's because they didn't have what to eat. Remember, we, we learned about how how the stipend, they had no money. Remember, he had to go and earn money as a chazan to be able to even move there to Israel. When he got married to um, the sister, uh, he got married to a Grinaman, which was, uh, as did the Chazanish, so they both they married sisters. So this, when this was, this was probably uh, before Rav uh, Chaim was born, Rav Chaim was born in 1928. So this was in, 
this sounds like this was probably around 1920 something, 1924, 1925. So this was almost 100 years ago that the Chazanish wrote his brother-in-law a letter because he noticed that his brother-in-law smoked. And he said, I think that probably smoking is bad for your breath. And it probably thickens the lungs. So therefore the Chazanish felt, um, so, but the stipler told the Chazanish that it's become part of him because, you know, he uses it to abate his hunger and now it's, 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 it's so difficult for him to avoid doing that. Uh, however, as the last years of his life, he stopped smoking altogether. Now, however, when he smoked, the stipler, he felt that don't try to bum a cigarette. <laughs> um, he felt that was wrong. Because most people, you know, feel pressure to give you. That's an issue. Again, I told you a lot of people, I told you you're probably not going to like hearing this. Because some of you are saying, ah, oh, smoking, it's ulcer. I don't want to hear about smoking. Okay. N- not everybody knew it was ulcer at that time in 1920. All right. Everybody, many, many people smoked. Um, okay. And what this is trying to illustrate is how the stipler uh, sort of shows you his musser even when he was smoking which was, he never asked for a cigarette, because that, people really don't want to give, and yet, uh, yes, I guess I have to, so you give your cigarette. Um, also, um, he thought it was a lack of respect, which many people weren't so worried about, going over to the candles in the shul and lighting your cigarette for them. No, that you don't do. The Neiros Pesach Knesset, they have a certain significance. <laughs> it's not all certain, but you're not going to light your cigarette for your personal Hanov from the candles of the shul. Uh, also, um, uh, in the yeshiva, they used to have a, uh, a, 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 where he learned, the heat in the yeshiva was, was in the, uh, by a stove in the back. When I used to be in, in Meyashar, I used to go in uh, during lunch break from the mirror. I would sometimes go to the uh, the Meyasharim Shuk, and I used to learn in the Tzemach Tzedek Shul there, to Labavit Shul. And in the back, there was a uh, an old stove, an old kerosene stove. And I would sit by in the back and learn. And, and again, I... I, I don't remember how I got the stove lit. Maybe it was always lit whenever I went there. But it was nice and warm. You think your shalayim is not so bad. But the truth is there isn't normal heat anywhere. So in Eretz Yisrael, the idea of centralized heat and heating everywhere, that's something that definitely was not true when the stipler was a bocher. And uh, or I think that he was in Europe anyway then. So, But the point was he was very makbid not to turn the, like, you know, turn the uh, heat up in order to get your cigarette done, because he felt that when you do that, when you open it up, and you, you're, you're actually, there's going to be less heat for the bacharim and the yeshiva, right? Because when you open it up the back, and then you, you, like you, you try to get the fire going, and then you stick your cigarette in, in a way, there's now less heat pervasive in the building. So again, this was the type of zahiras he had. Um, he never smoked on Pesach. 
because he was worried, and this feeds into what we're going to do in the Dafyomi, he was worried about Chometz. And he never smoked during a whole Shemitah year, even though he was sort of like, you can think about that, you know, if you have the smoke, if you, if you really like smoking and you do it, but he took off a whole year of Shemitah because he was worried that maybe tobacco, um, and I guess, I don't know if they, I guess they're, they grew the tobacco in Israel, that the tobacco might, or maybe there's inside of tobacco other things that might be a product of Shavuos in there. He wasn't sure what they, you know, what, because he didn't roll his own, he didn't make his own cigarettes. So he, you know, you would purchase them. He wasn't sure what was in there. He thought maybe there might be Shemitah material in there. So he would not smoke during Shavuos. Um, and he wouldn't smoke any cigarettes that came from America because he had heard that there was some question of kashras. And again, he, there was many postcom that felt that smoking had a din of eating. And therefore, you know, it was like being, it was like taking within into your lungs, taking in something that's not kosher. So he would not ever smoke an American cigarette. Um, so that was the American ones, but there were other cigarettes from France, from England. So they once during one Shemitah year, someone wanted to give him a present. So they gave him some, um, they brought him some cigarettes from Europe. And he, he started to smoke. And supposedly what happened was he, he, he started convulsing and he, he spit it out of his mouth. And he said, I smell something here. I smell stamienum. I smell wine. Fui. Anyway, it turned out that, um, the, uh, the, they decided to investigate the situation. And his grandchildren by this time. And they discovered, they took a whole bunch, they went through a whole discovery, and they found that these cigarettes that were produced in Europe, they actually did put wine in them on the, on the uh, tobacco leaves to create a certain taste or a certain sense. Again, I, I, I'm not a smoker, so I'm not sure what it means. But I guess there's a certain... The tobacco was different if it has that wine on it. And you can see how the stipler had a sensitive halacha, how sensitive he was. Rabbi Nishom didn't let him be nichshal. So when I was thinking about this, Rabbi Schwartz became the editor of a Torah journal called Hadarom. And the very first edition that Rabbi Schwartz uh, was the editor of, you can see, he printed a kunteris on smoking from the rabbi who was the uh, the head of the the head of the, the Vada Rabbonim in Detroit, Rabbi Cheskel Grubner. And this is a piece of Torah that he wrote about the Isser of smoking. And is smoking Osser? So I'm going to. Uh, so this is something that Rabbi Schwartz had the schus to publish. He was the editor of the Sefer, and I'm going to show you what was written in there. So here's a quote from the Chafetz Chaim himself. Many people will say that 
they can't stop themselves from smoking. It's so, again, the Chavetz Chaim was against it um, also. Um, you know why you, you can't stop smoking? You made yourself addicted to it. This is the Chavetz Chaim writing. If it wasn't because you got so addicted, it would have been easy for you. So therefore, you can't now claim later that you're that you're an onus. You're the reason why you're smoking. And he actually quotes many things there why smoking should be also. Um and the safer is the Chorba Miriam, the Chavetz Chaim writes, Shayet Zerhara Motzatach Buva Eich Lulok Dambaoven Bittel Torah. The Yitzhara came up with a new way in the 19th and 20th century uh, to stop people from learning. Hu Ishen HaSigarin VaPaperosin. Now, Paperos is the way my father used to to say cigarette, the Paperos. Uh, now, I guess papyrus, Dr. Kogan's not here, but the papyrus is the paper that uh, you would roll the cigarette in. That's what it's called, the papyrosin. Um, we know that it's bad for you. This is the time writing it. It takes at least a half hour to, to roll the cigarette to go outside and smoke, you definitely lose every day a half hour of your life getting involved in smoking. And once you get used to it, then it's almost impossible uh, not to uh, be involved. And sometimes, um, papyrus, oz have, oh, I can't find my cigarettes. You go around asking people. So you think about it, the Chavetz Chaim wrote, and he wrote this, you know, almost 130 years ago, 140 years ago. Um, think about in the time of a year how much smoking was able to ruin take away yourself from learning. That was the Chavetz Chaim. Another thing that's in this Kunturis is from some more um, more modern Ashitas. I'm going to show you from that he quotes. Um... So this is from Rav Moshe. Now we all know that Rav Moshe Feinstein wrote a tshuva uh, where he uh, was matir smoking. You might be aware of it. And he talked about the idea of Shemr P'soyim Hashem. And he talked about the idea of how uh, it's not a great thing to do. He's not going to say it's a mitzvah to do, but you can't say it's also to smoke Alpidin. Now he wrote that um, uh, again, I don't know the year that Ramesha wrote that. It was in the 60s, I believe. I'm not 100% sure when that tshuva was written. This was a tshuva that was written in 1980, which was um, four or five years before Ramesha died. So let's see what he writes. 
Mitzad shule es ani choy lezez man rav. Rav Moshe's writing, he's not well. Le reisi es kunteris bedvar ashna sigariot. He says, I didn't read what you wrote. In other words, what Rabbi Schwartz printed here, Rabbi Grubner sent that to Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. Um, now, that was talking about that other people can't breathe and are affected by your smoking because they're not giving me the letters. But now I read your whole kunteris. And I can write you many things, but because of my illness, um, God should strengthen me, uh, that I should be able to be ma'ayan. But I'm going to say that what you wrote is true and borrowed And then he asks from Grubner to daven for him. Now, what was it that Grubner said, Lamaisa, in his kunturis? So let's read it again. It's not usur, but it's roy to stay away from it. If there's someone in your group that smoke is considered either dangerous or harmful, so obviously you can't smoke if that person is affected by it. If people don't like the smell, even though they're not sick, you shouldn't smoke there. But he didn't say it was usur. He didn't say smoking is also, he just says, So, those that tell you that Rav Moshe, um, that's what he says, I cannot say it's also, because I'm just Rabbi Grubner. I'm just the rabbi of Detroit. I cannot say that, and this was written again in 1975, I can't say that smoking is also. But you definitely, it's not good to be done. Um, and I don't want there to be a machlekas. And if you do go to somebody who's smoking, you should tell it to him in a way that he's able to accept it. And tell him how, by not smoking, he's actually helping the people around him. That's what Rav Grubner posked. Now, Rav Moshe said that eventually he read this shtickle a couple of years later. He finally, whenever it was that he got a chance to read it. And he said that whatever you wrote is a Dover Nochon. So I don't think here of Moshe was poskening that it was Osir. I don't think that, because even Grubner never said it was Osir. Now, here is a, uh, a letter that, again, we have the Schuss of Rabbi Schwartz as the editor having this printed for the first time. So this is Rebel Yoshev from 19... Um, 80 as well, and he actually, Rebbe Yoshev calls him a Rav HaGoyin Mephursim. So Rebbe Grubner must have been quite a big person if Rebbe Yoshev refers to him that way. Um, so this is Rebbe Yoshev's letter about smoking. What's your question? People are sitting together in a public place and one is smoking. A person who doesn't like the smoke for whatever reason, because it hurts him, bothers him, it's not good for his health, can go over to the guy who's smoking and can tell him to stop. 
Um, you want to know what I think. So Rabbi Yosha writes, Achri kol advar mamurim bekunturus hanali kati yesh lodom, shemishuris adin ain bekochum lamonam izeh. Rabbi Yosha wrote in 1980 that, and that was after the Surgeon General, that you cannot stop them. Even though the Rofim are today are telling us how secondhand smoke is able to, to hurt the people who are in the area. And in fact, it's more than just that it can, it's hard for you to breathe. It can, it can be the harbinger for lung cancer. But he says, it's not everywhere yet. It's not known that that is the attitude everywhere, and it's, it definitely has not spread in Eretz Yisrael that way. That was in 1980. He says there are many people, Rebel Yosha writes, who are uh, very good people, and we've talked about the stipler before, who smoke from the time that they're young, and they reach a good old age. And it seems, Rebel Yosha writes, that this is part of the idea of Shemr Peshayim Hashem. That since so many people do it, it's sort of like God protects them. Now, you wrote that this heter is only if it's no gay yourself. In other words, you can take risks with yourself, but not when you're hurting someone else. Um, so Rebel Yoshev says that if you look in the Gemara, the Gemara, the, the Gemara says that you're allowed to give a child a bris mila on a, on a cloudy day, even though based on their traditions, cloudy days were bad for a bris. But since people aren't mockbit on it anymore, so you're allowed to give a bris. One second. You're talking about this child. He's not you. So you see from there that once people do it, it's not called a sakona. Now, the people who do smoke, Rabbi Yosha writes, they see in smoking a, a, a very important uh, tzorah for themselves. They feel they can't, They again, remember what Chavot Chaim wrote, <laughs> that they, they did it to themselves. Rabbi Yosha doesn't seem to feel that's an issue because however you became addicted, you're addicted now. And it's Efsher, with sky and low Ishun. Um, so therefore, the Lo Shamanu Laman the Choshle Milahosha Gafru Mishabalavakashavur Sigari Shalom. I never heard, Rebel Yoshev says, that someone would say, Oh, don't give that guy a, a, a match because he's doing an Avera by smoking. Now, obviously. You, you have to be careful about causing yourself pain and causing others pain. And you never know. Even the Gemara says if somebody spits in front of his friend, God will judge you for doing that. If you're doing an action that other people feel is disgusting, God judges you for that, for not caring about other people. Why? Because the other person finds it disgusting what you're doing. And obviously, and he says, I do agree with you that you should try to speak to the smoker in kind tones and recognize what's going on. 
And that way, you could do a Bechesed. But Rebel Yoshev, as you can see, did not go as far as Rav Moshe in terms of agreeing with Rav Grubner. Here is a, um, the last thing we'll do here is the Rav Grubner presents a letter from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And this was a letter that um, the Lubavitcher Rebbe wrote in... Nineteen forty-three. Unless there's a mistake in the date here, this is either Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok. Forty-three. The Rebbe was not yet the the Lubavitcher Rebbe, but anyway, what did he write? Hinini lamsias pekudosi laasos rishima mikala talmidim hamaashnim. I want you to tell the students who are smoking, we're going to make a list. This was in the Tomchei Tamimim Yeshiva of Lubavitch. They were going to make a list of, they were the Mashkiach, I guess the head, uh, the head of the school of the Yeshiva of a list of all the smokers and then tell them all that it's Osir for you guys to smoke if you're less than 20. <laughs> if you're less than 20. Ima, right? And it doesn't make a difference. Ima papirosin or cigarin, fifkis. And there's an iser, unless you're 20 years old, does bechol mokum shame? And it's, in other words, every hour of the day. Bashkochum ula. And if there's anyone of the Talmidim, and they were, who smoked, and he, he's not yet 20, he will be severely punished. Now, what about the students who are above 20? I'm asking them. In other words, tell them in the name of the Rebbe. Yeah. Tell them in the name of the Rebbe, which I guess was Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok, um, that that I would want them for their own good in Ruchnius and Gashmius to stop smoking. Uh, and what I'd like them to do in order to stop smoking is to stop, is to little by little stop their uh, uh, habit. In other words, they would stop, you know, go from three a day to two a day, then two a day to one a day. And then one a day to half a day. And then finally they wouldn't have to, they feel they can throw the whole cigarette away. And if you listen to me, I'm telling you it's going to be good for you, Baruchnius and Magashmius. And then he told the Mashkiach, tell me of the ones that are over 20 who are listening to me. I'd like to know about it. So you see from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, at least from the, pre, the previous one and from the Chapitz Chaim, uh, a very negative thing about smoking and how, as you can see, it's something that really uh, shouldn't be done at all. However, and we see Rav Moshe seems to have at least altered his position somewhat by the time 1980 rolled around. And it's possible that today Rav Yoshev would have agreed, considering how common a knowledge it's become. Um, and uh, 
Uh, I don't know if Rabbi Yashav might have issued a later psak, but I do think that we owe, I didn't get to Rabbi Schwartz's own tire, but Rabbi Schwartz is the one as the editor who allowed this material to, to be published and for us to see it and to sort of get a real good sense of, 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 of the difficulty of this issue. Obviously today, you know, we look askance at anybody that's smoking, but um, it, it, it's just a testament to how science and attitudes can change. And uh, Rabbi Schwartz was obviously there uh, steering, steering the boat and making sure that we were able, all of us who were interested in learning about it, were able to get that material to learn it properly. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.